to another segment of Business Way Outside the Box, sponsored by PR Works. I am your host, Steve Dubin, founder of PR Works. Today, we have an interesting guest who will talk about cost reduction and how to analyze uh, your overall costs and your largest costs so that you can save some money. There are only several ways of being successful in business. One is to make a lot of money. One is to reduce your costs. Today, our guest uh, from Expense, Expense Reduction Analyst, try to say that fast. Um, it, it is a success-based cost consulting business based in Massachusetts, but serving clients around the globe. Uh, Alex Weatherall has a extensive uh, experience in uh, working with procurement, work with big companies like Wegmans Food, Office Depot, Staples, Mass General Hospital. He has an MBA with universe, from the University of Virginia, and he's still willing to talk to us. So that's a great start. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve. So good of you to have me. I really appreciate it. Well, so let's start by, for the novice, um, tell us a story about how uh, cost reduction really works in the real world and, and uh, maybe a client sample uh, example of what you do. Yeah, great. And I, I'll start by saying, and you, and you touched on this, you know, that the, the, the rule, rule number one and rule number two and rule number three in, in, a, in a smaller medium business is gross sales. So first thing, gross sales. Second thing, gross sales. Third thing, gross sales. But at some point in time, as you begin to mature, you've got to be mindful of your costs. And, and, and what expense reduction analysts does for small and, and, and middle market companies is we look at their non-core costs. And we do it on a success basis, which means, you know, let's say you let me look at your fleet of a dozen Xerox or Fujitsu icon photocopiers. If I look at your spend on, on the leases and on the cost per page and on the maintenance contracts, and I come back and see, I say, look, I might be able to save you 44% every year. Uh, if I implement those savings and I'm right, then the way we work is we'll split those savings with you half and half for the next 24 months. So, so that's our definition of success. We, we, only, we only benefit if we, if we find ways for our clients to save money and cut costs. Okay, and, and what are the areas where you find um, the greatest opportunity to help your clients save money? Well, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's often surprising. One of the things we, we say is, and it's very important to us to be useful to our clients and to be fairly discreet. One thing we, we, that is absolutely taboo for us is, is, to, is to leave the impression that we're interested in, in managing headcount. If anything, we see our goal is to help our clients in every way possible to create more money to hire more people. And we don't, go in, we don't get into people, we don't get into strategy. We look around the edges to see where middle market companies perhaps are overpaying, paying more than they need to on stuff that they buy anyway, but frankly don't have time or expertise to spend the time we have to look at ways to reduce those costs. And, and middle market to you, one, please define that because um, there's a wide swath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, sure, there's a lot of jargon thrown around these days. I guess, I guess for us, 
I guess for us, and it's a it's a tough thing because really what matters is the size of the spending category. But but typically, as as I look at at, at companies or or not for profit organizations, we do both. We'll take anybody. Uh, twenty million dollars in revenue, or if you're a not for profit, twenty million dollars in funding sources. That usually suggests that your non core administrative costs are sufficiently large that there may be opportunities for us to give you benchmark or better costs. Okay, so twenty million dollars and up. All right, thank you. Uh, and and what brought you to this business? You've done a lot of things at a, at sea level. Um, you've worked in a number of major uh, companies. What what drove you to um, um, want to take a look at cost reduction for middle market companies? Well, you you know you're asking a you're asking a, well, it's a tough question as a lot of us know for someone well into his fifties. And who, who's, had a, who's had a pretty darn good career. And I'll give you a two-part answer. You know, I spent most of my 30 plus years in, in various roles in procurement. You know, I, I just found I had, a, I had a passion for it. I was good at it. Uh, so I tend to understand pretty well how to buy and, 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 and sell uh, and leave the company better off in terms of its cash flow. And so when my, when my formal career sort of ran out of options, let's just say, let's just say that, Steve, you know, I looked around and I found this opportunity because the way that expense reduction analysts brings value to clients is, is sort of exactly consistent with, with how I spent a great deal of my career, whether it was buying, uh, buying oils for, for the, in the food business well, whether it was buying office products well, whether it was buying pharmaceuticals or medical supplies well. You know, the, the discipline and the instincts and the way you train and, and develop your people really are the same. There's a lot of carryover. So I'm, I'm finding this to be a great deal of fun for me. Okay, great. And so uh, staying with that topic, if you were to give somebody sort of step one or the first tip on um, where do we start, and it, instead of just sending you all of their raft of bills, where, <laughs> where, where is the sort of the, the big ugly black hole that tends to to suck up expenses beyond um, what is reasonable for, for those middle market companies? That's a, it's such a perceptive question, you know, and, and you touched on something earlier and I, I answered, a, I give you a partial answer. And I said, one, one area we're not interested in is, is, is headcount. We're not interested in people. We, we want to create opportunities to, to add people. Uh, and the other thing we don't initially go in and look at is, is let's just say at cost of goods sold or, or the cost of services, because our presumption is that the clients we're going after are as, are as, are as good or if not certainly better than we are at managing the, their core business. Where I think we have opportunity to help is managing aspects of their, of their P&L that's, that's not core. And so actually, believe it or not, the best way for us to start is we ask a CFO or a, or a business owner, we say, look, just give us a, an accounts payable feed for the most recent 12 months, sorted by spend and, and by vendor. And we'll take that away for a week or so. And we'll be very honest with ourselves. We'll, we'll look and see what do they spend on photocopiers? What do they spend on utilities? What do they spend on leases? What do they spend on property and casualty insurance? And we'll compare that to our experience and our benchmark notion of, of what a similarly sized organization should be spending. And we'll come back and be very honest. We'll say, look, you run a really good ship. We can't help you. Or, or and far more often, we'll say, you know what? You do an awfully good job. There are four or five categories where we would suggest you give us a closer look. And, that, and that's how it is, Steve. We, as I say, we're not going to spend a lot of time where we don't see much opportunity because we only get compensated when we find ways to save money. 
So we'll, we'll part company and, and, and give you a pat on the back and say, nice job. You don't need our help. It doesn't happen so often, but we're happy to do it. And so, so that's my question. Um, how often do you, uh, what percentage of companies do you think could be reducing expenses if they took a harder look at it um, and, and, and sharpened their pencil? Well, in our experience, let, let's say let's say it's a let's say it's the for-profit or not-for-profit realm where you've got revenues or 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 grant earnings between twenty million and one hundred and twenty million dollars. In our history, we found that fifteen percent of the of the profit and loss statement is spent on non-core costs. So, fifteen percent of the P and L, fifteen percent of your revenue is non-core costs. And what we found is when we get a look at the accounts payable feed, we'll find on average just short of 20% savings in any particular category we go after. So 20% of 15% is $30,000 in savings for every million in revenue. And, and what's uncanny about numbers and history is that, that $30,000 in savings for every million in revenue has held up for our 26 year history. And it's, you know, some people could argue, well, thirty thousand on a million. I got, I got bigger opportunities to go after. Well, that's okay. We don't, we don't have to get every client. But for an awful lot of clients, where it's important to mine the pennies, that is, that is a really valuable insight and a really valuable service that we bring. Okay, and and I have um, along the way bumped into a number of cost reduction consultants, um, and I'm wondering what what separates you from the pack. That's right. Right. We're not. And I say, I'm very honest about this. Not 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 least with with my own uh, colleagues. You know, we're not unique. Where where I think expense reduction analysts is a very good choice for clients. You know, for chief financial officers who wonder whether they could be doing better. I, I think what sets us apart is we have expertise in plus or minus four dozen categories. Something, you know, from photocopiers to industrial gases, to insurance, to uniforms, to telecommunications, IT, HR services. We have expertise in, in roughly four dozen categories. Ocean freight. I've got Dutch colleagues that put out white papers every quarter on, on ocean freight. Um, and so it, it's that breadth of experience, I think, that allows us to be relevant to companies that, that, that take, a, take a real distinct interest in their P&L statement. Okay. All right. Fair enough. And um, I guess you're, you're, if you were to define your favorite client, right? The people you really like to work with, is it a niche? Is it a size? Is it a mindset? Can you describe that person? Oh, it's, it's such a good question. I, you know, in, in my experience, what I, what I love is it's mindset. It's mindset, Steve. I, I, what I love is, I love a, a I love a chief financial officer or a, or a VP of finance who who's got some salt in his or her veins, which means that you know he or she's been around a while, understands that you can't Google experience, and also understands that you know as well as she or she he runs that organization. There's a notion sometime toward the end of the week that you know what if I only had time I could look at this out of the other corner of my business and do better. In other words, it's a person who's got a little bit of humility after a reasonably long career and isn't afraid to let somebody like me, a third party, come in and look and see if I could help. That, that's my, 
that's what makes it fun. That's my that's my ideal target right there. I hope I, I hope I've explained it well. Yeah, you have. I, I think also there's some. I, you probably enjoy the detective side of uh, <laughs> this research. Uh, let me ask: if we were to do a Google search on you, what would we not find about you in a Google search that would be of interest? <laughs> well, you're not going to find I. I in a bit of what I would say a midlife crisis about 10, 11 years ago, I, I didn't buy a red, a red Corvette. I, I bought a gas station convenience store in, uh, in a little town just, just close to Natick and, and Framing, a little town called Sherborne, Massachusetts. And I can't tell you how many times we'd lie in bed. And my wife would look at the ceiling and say, why did you buy that gas station? But the reality is, you know, in, in, in this country, in America, you know, it's, it's, a, crazy, it's a crazy fraternity or, or sorority where unless you own a business, and you know this, Steve, better than I do, unless you own a business, you, you haven't been in the club and you don't really fully understand how the world works. And so, so there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears, but, but I'm in the club. How's that? No, no. <laughs> I, I think the same can be said for parenthood. Some people want you to be in the club so they know that you've had sleepless nights and, and joyous ones as well. That's right. You yeah. got it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and then uh, if money were not an issue, what would you be doing tomorrow? Yeah, I do think about that quite a bit. I, I would still do it. You know, I, I in the consulting, in the, in the cost consulting business, it's a sales job. Like for a lot of us, you, you've got to earn a trust of people, and these are these are very sophisticated people who who have fiduciary responsibility for really important businesses, and so our sales cycle, capturing, earning the trust of a client, takes a long time. But I kind of like it. I, I tip it. it doesn't feel like work to me. You know, I send letters, I make phone calls, I, I I meet people through networking groups. It isn't work, Steve. It's it's kind of a gas. Um, you know, there are some moments, particularly in a cold gray February, where you think, man, oh man, this is tedious. But, but if you like people and you like leaving things better than you found it, the work I do is, is, is very rewarding. I'd, I'd stick with it. All right. Great. Well, that sort of brings us to our conclusion. Uh, we wanted to let people know how the easiest way to find you so um, they can get more information about what you do and how you do it. Um, what's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn. I, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. I, I probably I probably could use a, some aesthetic judgment on my, on my LinkedIn uh, landing page, but but I'm there. Alex Weatherall. My cell phone is 857-636-8867. Feel, feel free to call me. I'd, I'd love to talk. Always want to meet new people. Well, wonderful. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. And I look forward to sharing clients with you in the near future. Thank you, Steve. So, so grateful for you to have me. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks.